0: Good morning, friends. This is Joel Martin, and I'm so glad you're able to join me for The Everlasting Word. Now, the reason I chose the title The Everlasting Word is we we understand that God is from everlasting to everlasting, and Jesus said that heaven and, word, he, heaven and earth shall pass away, but his words will never pass away. So his word never changes. Doesn't matter what period of History it is, his word is what it is, and it never changes. But today, we're going to be in uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and we're going to look at the parable of the three servants, one that received five talents, one that received two, and the other that received one. And there's some incredible lessons in this parable and not just about the one that only received one but there's incredible lessons about all three that I hope um, I can with the Lord's help I can bring out to you and will be a help to you but as we look as we read the scripture and this is Jesus uh, teaching uh, the parable Beginning uh, in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, and we will read through verse 18, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man, according to his several ability and straightway, took his journey. And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. And lastly, verse 18, it says, But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, we understand that this, this parable here, the talents, is a unit of money, and Jesus used, uses the talents as a metaphor of how we're to make a heavenly investment, if you will. And if there was a thought for today's message, it would be a heavenly investment always has a return. Now, let's don't get this confused here. This, this is not a health and wealth message whatsoever. But a lot of times we all, we all like to be rewarded. And if you're like me, I like to be rewarded immediately. And we do serve a God who will reward us. But our reward might not come until we we are in heaven with him. Yes, he does reward us here on this earth as, as he sees it, as he deems necessary uh, to reward us. But we we might struggle and fail fight through this life, and we may not receive that reward that we've been looking for so earnestly until we get to heaven. So the Bible teaches us to set our affections on things above and not on this earth. So let's focus on our service to the Lord right now while we're walking on this earth and being faithful to that rather than the reward. But the great lesson here. It says here in verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. Now, that, that would be Jesus. It says, Who called his own servants and del- delivered unto him them his goods. Now, them servants being us. And what what is those those goods? Well, in a spiritual sense, those goods is the gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit that would come, that he would put in earnest in our hearts once we come to faith, and, and we are born again by the by the just awesome grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and then we go on into verse 15, and it says, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now there's a great lesson here in verse 15, because it says here, he gave one servant five talents to another two, to another one, according to their own ability. And then he took his journey. Well, what's missing here, or not necessarily missing, but what the the spiritual lesson here in verse 15 is the one thing that's not written is he didn't tell them. If you read the entire parable, the expectation is these servants are to take their Lord's money and they are to multiply his money. They are to take it, they're to invest it, they're to trade, and they're to multiply the money. But the one thing that is not written here in verse 15 is how do they do it? You know, so he 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 he, he divvies out the talents to them or the measures of money to each to each servant according to their own ability, but he doesn't tell them how to do it. And see, a lot of times when we feel a call of God to maybe preach or to maybe teach or to sing or whatever, we will get ourselves, and I'm guilty just as anybody, we will we'll get ourselves caught up with the specifics of how am I going to do this? Oh, nobody's going to like me. Oh, people's going to criticize me. They're they're going to this. I don't know how to go about doing this. We'll get ourselves so caught up with specifics about the who, the what, the when, and the where that we'll paralyze ourselves. And we won't, we'll be so caught up with how do we do it. And we'll end up not carrying out that spiritual gift that God that God has called us to carry out. But see, in Philippians 2.12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this verse by no means implies that we are to work to be saved because Jesus did all the work for us to be saved. We are just to believe confess the fact that we're a sinner and believe in the work that he did to set us free from the bondage of sin and the eternal punishment of hell. But see, what this means is after we're saved, that we are to seek God for his direction and his power and his strength and what we're to do and how we're to carry out our spiritual gift in our life and how we're to honor and praise and glorify him while we're here serving him on this earth. So that's how we figure out how to carry out our spiritual gifts if you feel the need to preach, if you feel the call to preach, then find somewhere to preach. If you feel the call to to teach, you seek it out with God. You follow his direction. You completely obey him and trust in him and his direction and his power and his strength. And you carry out that call. For I'm reminded about we were going to a Braves game not a, a year or two ago. And as we, as we were walking to the stadium, we crossed over the bridge over 285, and then we, we got close to the stadium, and there was a man just standing there preaching. He was just standing there preaching he wasn't behind the pulpit in the church but he was carrying out that spiritual gift that god had gave him he wasn't worried about the specifics he just found a place for him to carry out the call and he he put his he put everything into what god had called him to do but see that's how we figure out how to carry out our call that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We seek out God. Now, the other great lesson here, it says in verse 16 and 17, it says, then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Verse 17, and likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. Now, here's the great lesson right here. Did, did. Did these two um, servants, the one that had been given five, the one that had been given two, did did they invest three and keep back two for themselves? Or the one that got two, did he invest one and keep back one for himself? No, they took everything they were given and invested it. They took everything they were given and traded it. In in other words, that's a picture of we must give everything that we have in our service to our Lord. We, we can't hold anything back. We can't partly serve God. We can't de- determine on our own terms how we're going to serve. We're going to serve here and we're not going to serve there. We're going to do this and we're not going to do that. We can't decide that. We got to give everything to him. And, and that's a picture of we cannot serve God and mammon. It's impossible that we'll despise one. We'll hold on to one and despise the other. In other words, we will be torn. We must give everything we have invest everything we have to the service of the lord so that that is a great 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 lesson for us now you might ask if we invest everything you know the, the, this these servants they he invested all five of his talents the other one he invested both of his talents he, he risked it they, they risk everything you might say well Joel they might lose that well in today's stock market yes. But you remember I said at the very beginning of the message that an investment in heaven always brings a return. Jesus started the parable. He starts the parable as, for the kingdom of heaven is. This is a, this is a metaphor about how much we can trust in God's word, how much that we can trust in, in his ability to. His ability to keep us and to maintain us. And as we go through this life, he will stick to us closer than a brother and that we can always trust in him. But we have to keep in mind that our reward may not come until we see him face to face in heaven. But we have to be focused on being, on being faithful and serving him with the spiritual gifts that we've been given. But now we go to the third servant and it says the third servant that only received one, he says, but he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, there there would be a lot of applications of who this servant is. But for the purpose of this message, we're going to focus on that that this servant would be a direct reference to the leadership of Israel. In other words, the Sanhedrin. That would be the Pharisees, which would be the uh, Sadducees and the scribes. For they, on the surface, appeared to be servants of God. But you know, Jesus described them as wide sep- sepulchres, where there on the outside they looked good, but on the inside they were full of dead men's bones. In other words, they were hollow. But see these people, they appeared to be serving God. They were serving God through their own self-righteousness. They were trying to keep the law. They were trying to do this. They were trying to do that. They would refer to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, but they stopped right there, and they refused to accept the fact that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, that he was sent to be the King of the Jews. He was sent to be their Savior, and they would would not accept them so in effect they took the very gift that God almighty gave to them and they buried it and they denied it and they continued to try to serve God according to their own terms and according to their own will and 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 what that means is the ultimate punishment was they would be cast into of uh, outer darkness where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth in other words these people that try to serve god in their own terms and in their own way and they've never come to a saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ it doesn't matter how many church roles you have been on it doesn't matter how many sunday school classes you've taught it doesn't matter how many messages you've preached hell will be your final destination But see, as I see my time running down, the first thing is, it's like Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So that's the first thing we have to, to work out in our life is to make sure we're saved, make sure we're born again, we're truly a child of God, and that when we do that, we are to carry out God never saved anybody for them to be a spectator. We are to serve him. And as my, my wonderful daddy used to say, Lord, help me to serve you in the capacity that you have given me. So, Lord, we carry out the call that he has put on our life, and we serve him for his glory. So my time has just about run, run out. I hope you have enjoyed this message And I hope uh, it has been a help to you. Until next Tuesday, this is Joel Martin.